Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. My name's Sarah. My name's Janae. I'm Anna Louise. And you're listening to the Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC. And we have Marissa Jordan, who, you know, is the speaker and the producer and everything pretty much on that really cool audio documentary you just heard a snippet from Living Room Experience. So, hey, Marissa. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself and a little bit about your background here at KNC. Okay. So, um, I'm a junior here. Uh, at NC State, and I'm studying geology, which I know has totally nothing to oh, do with Oh, that's really it. cool. I never knew that. That's really cool, though. <laughs> Everyone's always surprised. Um, but I've been here at WKNC for three years now, and I've been the public affairs director for almost two years. So I've kind of got like that background in, um, you know, radio, broadcast radio, and also uh, production. So um, th- that's kind of why I started this. Yeah. And so. I mean, if you couldn't tell from the little snippet we played or if you're, again, like just hopping on the air, um, your audio documentary is about, you know, the house show scene, but like specifically in Raleigh and like Mm -hmm. the bands that play those venues. What got you interested in that topic? So actually, I had a very aha moment for this. Um, I was lucky enough to attend um, the College Broadcasting Inc. uh, workshops last year in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And there I actually learned about the topic of audio documentaries. And I was like, whoa, that is so cool because it's always been one of my life goals to like create a documentary, but this would be so much easier in in my my realm. Um, And so then I was like, cool, I just need a topic. And I was talking to um, one of our old DJs and my good friend, Yvonne, (laughs) and uh, she was a friend to all (laughs) such a cool person. Um, And she was just telling me about how when she was in a band over the summer, she was touring and she actually met a band that was centered in Philly and we went and met them. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool that like someone from North Carolina knows a band all the way in Philly. Hang on. I'm having a bit of an aha move myself, but it's not uh, like even nearly as significant as yours. But so is Yvonne the friend that you were like walking down the street with? In yeah. The cl- yeah. I was like, wow. Mind she basically blown. inspired my whole documentary. So wow. like, I've got to say thanks, Yvonne. No, honestly, yeah, like we all got to say thanks, Yvonne. No, Tangent, like Yvonne is like one of the most awesome people you ever meet. Like she graduated last year with like or like some like insane like she like got her master's she has, in like yeah she got her master's at 21 she's now teaching she's a genius and she's so nice no and like she won an award last year for like for all her work through kansas because she's at base yeah she's just not sponsored not sponsored this is <laughs> she's just, just Yvonne, perfect this is Yvonne appreciation <laughs> post um but so marissa like once you had that idea and obviously like you had done you know audio projects before but they were mm-hmm. a lot smaller and, you know, were a lot less wide. I guess they were more like just specifically interview based and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the next step after realizing this is something that you wanted to do? So after that, it took a while to get started. I kind of mm-hmm. had to do a lot of planning because you can't just kind of start something this big, like on the fly. Oh, yeah. And I had to kind of plan out like, how is this or like, what's the the framework going to be like? And I kind of set it up as introduction 
historical bit, which if you listen, I actually explore the punk scene. Yeah. And compare it to Raleigh, which I thought was You cool. start like, <laughs> as they say, across the pond, which I thought was a really interesting way to take it. I didn't really expect that when I listened to it. And that's kind of what I wanted to do is just like uh, not only introduce the uh, DIY or do-it-yourself music, but also like just have something that's completely different that would be contrastive, but also the same. Mm -hmm. And so you bring up that, you know, whole phrase like DIY. So I've actually had a lot of different people ask me, like people that I guess like aren't part of the scene or whatever. Um, But, you know, that they understand the concept of do-it-yourself, but, you know, that's typically applied to Pinterest projects Mm -hmm. like that. So I guess, how did you fall into your knowledge about DIY um, within the realm of like music? And I guess just tell me a little bit about DIY because I feel like you could go into such a huge conversation about the history of do-it-yourself music and zine making and like all these different forms of creativity that people have employed. Oh yeah, definitely. And I guess it probably means different pla- or different things in different places, but I was kind of introduced when I started going to house shows my freshman year, which I think I actually said something about. Um, my first one was at Radio Shack. Um, and it's just like completely different where, you know, you have like local artists or artists that you've never heard of, but you know, they're from somewhere else and you just get into a room and you like, you're right in front of the artist's you get to hear the music. You can talk to them after. Like you can know their whole life story. And I just think that's so much different than what I grew up listening to. Yeah. But so awesome because it's just like it's so real. Yeah. I mean, like for me, my first house show was my I wanna say, hmm. I guess like the very beginning of my second semester freshman year. So this was like a little under a year ago now. But like now, like especially there's this whole culture of working for college radio stations in general, particularly KNC, that, you know, like house shows are just something you do every weekend. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal anymore. But going to my first one, it was just such an amazing concept, you know, that you get to go to the show for free or for very little money. Um, And it's very human, you know, like there's, there's hiccups in the lineup and sometimes bands will start over, although have to get help, like, you know, setting up their gear and stuff like and it's just this really interesting title you're often in a living room oh yeah like like, literally i remember not realizing that house show meant you were literally in someone's house usually (laughs) until i went to my first house show also at radio show yeah mine was also my first Um, one was also at radio show when the summer between my senior year of high school my freshman year of college was that your first one too, Anna Louise? Radio Shack? Um, my first Raleigh house show was Radio Shack. I yeah. went to high school in Asheville, so there was a bit of a scene there. Oh, true. And I went to yeah. a couple of house shows, but not many because I was just high school and very new to the scene. But yeah, no, my first Raleigh house show was at Radio Shack as well. Yeah, Radio Shack. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> Radio Shack. It, I mean, again, it's like such a big thing within WKNC culture. Um, and for people listening who are like, what are you talking about? It's a house show venue that is based in a house near-ish to state that a lot of um, WKNC radio staff live in, hence the name. Yeah, and uh, Marissa goes a little bit into this in the podcast, but she talks to the original like founders of Radio Shack, and they were, were like KNC affiliates. One of them was a previous GM, but it's kind of been passed down. Um, like Even now, like it's one of the current general manager of KNC lives in it, um, and like a lot of other... Um, People who have either worked for WKNC in the past or currently work at WKNC also live there. So kind of just keeping it in the family. But what are some, I guess like into with house shows, 
there's always new, like ho- new house venues like popping mm-hmm. up all the time. So I guess what was the process when you were trying to choose which ones to talk about in the podcast? So uh, quick disclaimer, some of my uh, interviews are a little old in this. It did take me like over a year to make. So some of them were done in, like this time last year. So there are a bunch of new ones out and like that are really cool. And I'm not like hating on you guys. They just didn't exist yet. So um, I talked to the Radio Shack guys and then I talked to um, Miriam, who ran Shrieking Shack, um, which is not really active anymore from what I've heard. But um, and then also Kosher Hut, which ended in um, 2017 sometime. Mm hmm. But those were really the only active ones at the time. So that's kind of and or that I knew of. So that's kind of how I picked them. Yeah. And I feel like with the, th- the three of us being the three of us being me and myself, and Louise, me and myself, me and Danae <laughs> and Anna Louise, it's really taken off. I mean, like since we've started college, because even between our freshman and sophomore year, I've noticed like mm-hmm. a lot of different, like even Ash House is another one that's uh, owned by people or like not owned but inhabited by people that work at WKNT, people that we know. Um, and that like that one has really taken off. Um, there's others like around that have, you know, like the DIY scene I feel like is just really Yeah, there's Mystic up. Alley. There are a few popping up. Yeah, for and, sure. Like, by nature of the scene, I'm, I'm sure you talk about, like it is crazy to know that I n- can know someone who doesn't have any previous experience in audio or in like, sound production or anything who's just like, I want to start a house show. And then their living room can be a house show space very quickly. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I is very accessible. Yeah. That's one of the things I talked uh, about. And um, one of the cool things is uh, Matt Brown, who I interviewed, uh, he actually like helped a lot of the other ones spring up because he's just like a technical genius. Um, We just know so many geniuses. Yeah. Everyone here is just so cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not, not spawn. But, um, you know, it just uh, that's also one of the big things I touch on in this documentary is just like how give and take DIY is. It's not like everyone's here trying to make money. They're all here to like help the music and create an inclusive space. So like the fact that Matt was, you know, willing to go out of his way to like set up equipment and like book shows for other people, I think really just speaks uh, numbers about what DIY is. Yeah. And. I think like you meant, not you mentioned, but like in one of the interviews that's in the documentary, one of the bands says like, oh, like we always made sure to have a different uh, charity, like a charitable organization, like have like the proceeds go to from each of our shows. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really common thing that you see with a lot of house shows and stuff like that. Like it's not about making money. It's more just about playing the music. And then if you do happen to come across money, a lot of it tends to go back into some other cool space in the community yeah back into often just like the bare minimum of helping a touring band get to where they're going next yeah Yeah, a lot of it's just gas money at house shows yeah (laughs) for sure it's like oh yeah we got a touring band and uh they don't know how they're gonna get to their next place (laughs) so if you could spare like two dollars that'd be great um but yeah i don't just diy in general and then like the bands too that you talk to a lot of them, like, were students, like, I know Sierra is, like, a current DJ at KNC. Yeah, she is. And so what was it, like, pick, like, how, what was your process, like, for picking the bands that you did? Because there are so many just within this tiny Raleigh area. Yeah, so um, I reached out to a lot of bands, and I guess 
well, it was through Facebook, but you know, maybe a lot of people don't check. So I only got a few responses, but the ones that I did were like pretty awesome. I did reach out to like local bands that I thought like really represented WKNC and like what we love here. Um, and the two that I ended up interviewing were Socrates, which is um, composed of all NC State students and they're mm-hmm. like emo punk. Um, and then uh, Kelly from Echo Quartz and Echo Quartz is like kind of like um vintage 60s kind of sounding band yeah and another, like another thing worth noting too is like a, i feel like a lot of people that you know don't really know a lot about the scene is that they just assume that all the shows that are being played are mostly like indie rock mm-hmm. um which i mean you're the two bands that you've interviewed and as well as many others can attest to the fact that it really isn't um but it like i don't know there's just such a wide spectrum of things that goes on at house shows um, in terms of what's being played and stuff like that. Um, so Marissa, what is one of your favorite house show experiences? Oh, wow. I actually asked people this when I interviewed them. I didn't think it would uh, be put back on me. Let me think for a second. I guess probably like, you know, when you have heard of a band before mm-hmm. or like maybe one of their lead, the lead singers will come through and you kind of get to see this band that you've, you know, put in such high regards um, on such an intimate level. I guess, for example, I think Ash House had um, Adult Mom or the lead yeah, singer from Adult yeah, yeah, Mom yeah. come. That was really recently. That was like over winter break, I believe. Yeah. So um, I thought that was just so cool to see the lead singer. Like it was much more raw, you know, mm-hmm. without for sure. the backup music. And it's just so much more intimate. Like I think I touch on that where I, it's like you're – cramped in a room with a bunch of people that you may or may not know uh listening to music that you all love and want to support and especially when it's an artist you know it's just so much more intimate than like watching them on a stage at a bigger venue oh for sure and oftentimes too it's like oh my friend knows the drummer and like you know there's always like this and I think, again, this comes up in the documentary with like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it It's honestly, it's really true. It's like, oh, I know this person. I know that person. Like it's, there's a lot of, I don't want to say networking because that sounds like you're in it for money. You're like, there's a business aspect to it, but it's creating this community of people you otherwise wouldn't really interact mm-hmm. with. Because with house shows, there are like, especially the ones that are closer to NC State, there are a lot of students, but then you also have random people that are just from like the that just pertain to the music community and the DIY scene in Raleigh that have nothing to do with NC State and you wouldn't have really probably interacted with them otherwise. It's also cool because it helps bands from Raleigh uh, go on bigger tours. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they, sure. they make friends with the bands that come through, especially people who live in the house show venues or just go to them. Um, we have, I have, um, I mean, all of us have friends in Truth Club right now that are about to go on a big tour and we've been kind of like, privy to being able to hear about just connections they've made just through the Raleigh scene and so they're able to go to you know like um places up north and that's just been really neat to like watch happen and watch unfold it really is such a nice tight-knit network that is really one of the things I wanted to focus on like you can't have something to this degree like it is it's complex it's more complex than people think you can't have that without you know people working together and creating like like I said this give and take um Going back on that, um, I actually, when I was talking to Socrates, they told me about a touring band that they played with that was coming through called Eureka, California. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
because they talked to them and they played with them, they were able to play Athens Pop Fest, which I thought that was like so cool. Oh, yeah. No, and we've had like at least two that I can think of off the top of my head. People, not people, sorry, um, bands slash groups that played Hopscotch this past year and they were students at NC. So Truth Club, like one of the bands that we mentioned and then Sand Pact. Um, and one of the members of Sand Pact is an NC State alumna that used to work at KNC. Um, and, you know, they both really got their names out there and were able to play such a big festival because of their involvement in the local music scene, especially through house shows. Um, so for you, Marissa, where do you see the future, I guess, of DIY and like house shows going? Because I mean, we even like discussed in the beginning, like it's like just on a really sharp incline, you know, right now, like mm-hmm. just going rapidly up and up. Where do you see it going? And I guess what's the next step? Um, I think it's just going to keep getting bigger. I think one thing that I learned from David, who I interviewed, was that the internet has just created such a huge platform. And that's kind of why DIY has exploded so much mm-hmm. because it's just so much easier to con- or to connect with people than it was before. It's so much easier to find music and to find touring bands. And I really think that the internet is just going to really make this much bigger or at least, you know, keep it afloat for the next few years. Oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, like the whole discussion about internet and like connection and globalization can apply to anything, but like specifically looking at house shows and music and stuff like that people find band members and how to play music to begin with and all like promoting their music and getting the word out all of that wouldn't be done without the internet so i think definitely the with the promotion of sites like soundcloud or Bandcamp and stuff like that where people can listen to music either for free or for really low cost really helps accessibility yeah it's like completely changed um from what i've heard like david told me like even five years ago, it was hard to find uh, places to play that weren't in your city. And now, like, you can just say, you know, oh, I know this guy in Philadelphia and let me contact him through Facebook. And it's just so much easier. Yeah, I actually like came across last night. I was on Facebook, came across like a there's a closed group that anybody could join there, like with permission of the admins. It was a group specifically for people looking for like houses to play at, like in other cities or or states i was about to say countries but i don't think that that's right (laughs) i mean maybe that exists but i don't i don't think it's that on that scale yet but um but just like kind of the idea that you can go on facebook and be like yeah i have a band here's our here's our soundcloud give us a give us a listen and we're looking for places to play and somebody will be like oh yeah sure i've got a house like and just that and, like, I feel like, too, a lot of, like, the older generations would kind of call that, you know, like, blind trust or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and just in the fact that you're, like, inviting strangers, essentially, into your home. But our generation, especially, like, people that are involved in that scene, I feel like we kind of see it a bit differently, you know. Like, oh, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, just kind of as a as a way to, like, make your own space within a more, like, corporate capitalist culture. Yeah, and, it, you know, it creates a, sp- a safe space, too. Oh, for sure, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, even if, like, going past house shows, like, venues like Ruby Deluxe, that's here in Raleigh, um, spaces that are, like, sp- like specifically designated as safe spaces in addition to mm-hmm. venues for shows. Um, and then places like Emerge that have the music and performance aspect, but then also have this idea where um, you can go and create things. So whether it's, like, making visual art or um, learning how to do different audio things you know it's 
a give and take. Um, mm. I don't remember who it was that said it out of the four of us, but someone was saying earlier, like, you know, in the DIY scene, there's very much like a give and take. Um, and it's like this sharing of resources. Mm-hmm. I think that is really important. So I guess like for this show, like not show, documentary, um, do you see, because I mean, obviously the scene's changing so much and so fast. Do you see there being a potential for a sequel or like additions to further investigating um, the scene? You know, I actually hadn't thought of that, but I do think like that there is, that would be a great, um, you know, second look at it because it is changing so fast. Like, like I said, this is a little bit old because it took me so long to do it, Mm -hmm. but the scene has already changed so much. And, you know, with each new four years, you know, you have a whole new group of college kids. Oh yeah. You know, with the internet, you know, that too, it's changing everything so fast, so much faster than before. So I think definitely. And I guess for one of the last questions, Marissa, like I always ask this of people, um, you know, just kind of give us a little bit of, or not me specifically, but us being the listening audience, um, a little bit of advice as someone who's listening, who hears of like, I know like this project is something that not anybody could do, but is, is something that is very doable. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you, use your resources and things like that, you could very easily create your own audio documentary, mm-hmm. whether like don't make it exactly the same again, because <laughs> cheating is bad. But um, I guess what would you recommend for people that are trying to get their feet off the ground with projects like this? Well, I guess the number one step is pick a topic and pick something that you're passionate about, because trust me, if you're not passionate about it, you will stop halfway, uh, you know, along the line, because it's a lot of work. Um, then I guess, you know, find, uh, some editing software. I think, uh, if you're an NC state student, didn't Carter say, you you know, NC state libraries have resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like all the, like, so at NC state, both libraries, Hunt and Hill have, um, recording studios. They have, um, studios for visual projects. So like green screens, things like that. You can check out cameras and laptops and all the laptops and computers have audition, which is a software mm-hmm. we use here at KNC a lot. Um, but just, yeah, like the, that's a really good place to start whether, whether or not you're an NC state student, but as long as you have a photo ID, you could hop on over and get some of that stuff or even join, you know, WKNC, uh, you know, my other program, eye on the triangle, we're always like, you know, open to having people do stuff like this. And I think in general, we want people to take on projects here. Yeah. With WKNC, there's always the sentiment, like even with Carter saying, like just coming up with your own ideas in terms of stuff you want to hear or stuff you're not hearing that you think people should um bringing that to the table um with wknc as long as you have somewhat of a plan um and obviously you have to be an nc state student to work at wknc but bringing that to the table you can definitely find a space to put out your work i mean like obviously like we can attest to that as people that go on the air every week both of us mm-hmm. Oak and i in the triangle and have our things recorded and like even you with this like more independent project you're getting to publish it through WKNC on the air so yeah just like especially if you're an NC State student there are so many resources for you on campus for creation um and even in the bigger community I feel like there's like because we talked about too like the DIY community like yeah go to shows and stuff you know talk to people that's the number one thing a lot of people told me is just go up and talk to people yeah people like all the all the geniuses that we mentioned they're <laughs> always really nice people because i mean you you have to have a certain degree of i don't know just goodness in yourself to 
like do stuff like this, like to put yourself out there, you know, and or open your house to strangers and stuff like that. Like you have to have a certain degree of goodness. So they're always going to be open to talking to you. So Marissa, where can people listen to this lovely documentary that you made? Okay. Um, well, I did just post it on the Eye on the Triangle blog, which is uh, www.wknc-eot.tumblr.com. Um, you can list, stream it there or you can download it from uh, the WKNC podcast iTunes page. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the two best places. But also we're uh, going to air it here on WKNC this Friday, the 9th at 10 a.m. Awesome. And so I've listened to it on iTunes. You can listen to the full thing. Um, but yeah, and any of the podcast works that WKNC has produced or is produced through WKNC, you can find by just going to iTunes, searching WKNC, you'll find the profile and they'll have um, a bunch of old Oak City Move episodes, uh, Eye on the Triangle, the documentary we talked about, just about everything that's been put into podcast mode. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much, Marissa, for coming oh, in. And you. again, um, be sure to listen to the whole documentary. I can attest to that it's a really cool piece of art. Um, but before we sign off, I know we got up to a bit of a late start, but just wanted to say today is Oak City Moves' birthday. Yay! Yay. So Janae joined us. So a little bit of background about Oak City Move. Oak City Move was started last February, um, hence it being our birthday. Um, but it was started by myself being sarah because I, I think i just keep saying i a lot and freeing myself in the first person people are like who is this person that this keeps person saying i <laughs> this person is sarah but yeah me me and fion who graduated from nc state last semester we started the program about a year ago um, we had a lot of help from kanchi gandhi who is also an nc state graduate um and both worked at wknc and janae joined us over the summer um but Janae, I guess before you came in, what was kind of your perception of WKNC and specifically Oak City Move? Um, my perception of KNC started. Uh, my perception of WKNC started <laughs> when I was easily in elementary or middle school. Um, I've grown up in Raleigh, so it's just been a local station. And I've been like, "Oh, this is nice." And then when I started thinking about college. I was definitely interested in um, working with the station. Um, And luckily at the same time that I was like looking at coming to state, I was hearing Oak City move and was immediately interested in doing specifically that. I was really interested in doing not only a talk show, but talking about social justice. And when I did the DJ training class, which you do to become a DJ with WKNC, I wrote on my form, I want to host with Oak City move. And then they happened to be looking for summer hosts so I just started, which was nice because that was my top choice of what I wanted to do. Yeah. So overall, I've had a long history with WKNC in my life, but Oak City Move, pretty much from the time that it started, I was interested in joining and happened to. Yeah, and my WKNC story is a little bit less conventional. So like I am not a Raleigh native, so I you know heard of WKNC probably about my senior year of high school. And when... I came to NC State, like, I, like, always was just kind of like, oh, WKNC, they're really cool. Like, ne- didn't really know about the speaking aspect of it, just kind of thought of it more as, like, oh, they're those really cool indie kids, you know? Like, and I knew of a lot of people that worked there and just that were had a very cool vibe about them. I was like, ah, oh, no, 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 like, next level. I'm not that cool. But I was, at the time, working at Technician, um, which is the student newspaper here at State, and was approached by Fionn. 
she and I had like collaborated before, like at a, in a different club that we were in on campus. And she kind of brought the idea to me because we had had a conversation, you know, about not seeing enough representation on campus, like in terms of the media that was being produced. So we would see, I mean, some stories that were being talked about, but they weren't fleshed out enough and they were written from a perspective that didn't really see the full scope of what was in at stake in the story. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of coming at it from a very factual perspective and less, um, you know, more emotional and more delving deep into bigger issues. And that's kind of why we created this. But I was actually in the same DJ class as Janae because I kind of cheated the system a little bit because Fionn already worked here. So I didn't take my DJ class till last summer. But now I can do the things on the board and push all the cool buttons. But um, yeah, um, it's it's been a really good year. We've had a lot of fun. Um, what's one of your favorite things, Janae, from this past year? Or your past bit with mm-hmm. Oak City Move? I'm on the spot. Um, I really enjoyed um, when we interviewed, I can't remember her right, name right now. Do you remember the name of the woman who did Craftivism? Oh, Betsy Greer. Betsy Greer. She was just very, very sweet. Oh, she was. And just so genuine. Just like so genuine and talking to her about um, craftivism, which is a movement that she started where she just like knits little encouragements and like pins them to people's bikes mm-hmm. that are just like little nice notes um, and does a lot of like political pieces, but like through knitting and through like typically like downplayed like crafts in terms like just things people generally think of as like very like feminine and like. Just archaic, know. kind of. Yeah, just like crafts that people generally downplay and using them to spread a message was really nice. I also um, did not enjoy, but will always remember uh, the recent incident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever going to forget that, but that was definitely an eye opener. Um, that was, yeah, yeah. that was, uh, I certainly yeah. uh, didn't enjoy it without going into detail. Um, Someone came into the studio um, angry with some things that we had said. And it just kind of made us all realize that the reason that we're doing this isn't just to talk, like, just to be heard by people who already agree with us so they can say, yeah, we think so, too. It's to be heard by people who might disagree and make them think. And also for people that do agree to know they aren't alone. Yeah, for sure. That was needed. Yeah. And just because this is our we've been doing this for a year doesn't mean that we're always still learning. So if you ever have like any questions for us or ever want to make us check our privilege, because I mean, we try to do that for other people, but we really need people to do that for us too. Feel free to call 919-515-0881 or 919-515-2400. You can also find Oak City Move um, on Twitter and Facebook just by searching Oak City Move. And we have an email, which is oakcitymove at gmail.com. But yeah, like always feel free to reach out to us with anything you want to share, any ideas you have or any questions you may have. Um, Memories of yours, Sarah, real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember the very first day. So our show used to be like super, not super early. It was like at eight or nine or something. But for me, like (laughs) I didn't have Friday classes. So for me, like to get up specifically for this was a lot. And I was just like, ugh. but I remember the very first day. We like I was over here. I was like had super puffy eyes. I was so tired. But we got. I mean, I always tell this story because it's just so crazy. But we got a tweet. Like we had just started the tweet. Like we had like maybe three followers or something. But we got a tweet 
from Senator Chaudhary, who is um, a senator in the North Carolina like Senate. Um, and he tweeted us and was like, oh, yeah, I'm listening and I really love this. And this is like such a good job. And I will never forget that because also now like update on that. He and I are Facebook friends and he Facebook friended me first, just saying, which is really <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, just like opportunities like that that I never would have. I, I never thought I'd be Facebook friends with a, with a North Carolina senator or like, you know, just to know that like somebody who could do something about some of the issues we were talking about who held a position in power was actually listening and validating our thoughts and our experiences and stuff like that was just really cool. But yeah, I mean, I made also just before our the end of our set, I've made a little birthday playlist. So I'm going to play some cool birthday theme songs, but thank you for listening. Um, like I said, you can always reach out to us with any comments, questions or concerns, but we're going to sign off until next week. All right. Bye guys. Bye.